0: Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Well, Friends, good morning and happy July 4th. There you go, okay. It's, uh, it's, it's so, it, we got a, a great view this morning, Deacon Rich and I, we look out and everyone's looking all patriotic and uh, star-spangled and uh, there's no American flag vestment back there, but if there was, I would have worn it. So today we do green, we do green, Tuesday of the 13th week of Ordinary Time, still wearing green, but on this uh, July 4th Independence Day, it's just, it's, it's wonderful to be together celebrating mass, giving thanks to God for the amazing gift of this amazing country, the 247th birthday of our country, right? The commemorating the, the signing of the Declaration of Independence from the Continental Congress, all of those amazing things and amazing memories. And, um, you know, the, the last two years, I've had the, the great privilege, we'll say privilege, of joining our eighth graders on their D.C. trip. And um, you don't get a lot of sleep, but, man, is it cool. Like, it is, it's, I never got to do that when I was in eighth grade. Um, that was just not a thing at my, my middle school in Hudson. But uh, the last two years, two years ago, that was the first time I got to see the changing the guard in Arlington, seeing the documents, um, seeing the Constitution, seeing the Declaration, um, the, the visit in the rotunda of the Capitol. I mean, just amazing things. We have an amazing country. Amen. Amen. Here's what I was thinking about this morning. The founders, they conceived of and they brought to birth a new nation whose central idea was not a king. It wasn't based on a king. It wasn't based on a government. It was based on a citizen. It was a complete inversion of things. Like, in fact, the government that, they, that was so conceived was conceived in such a way to, to limit the power of the government as much as possible to maximize the freedom and liberty of the citizen, that the government would interfere with the life of the citizen as little as possible to have the focus be the individual person, the individual citizen. Never in the history of of nations has that ever been the thought. The center of this American experiment is the, the dignity of the person, the dignity of the person, I want to read this. This is from a a speech delivered by St. John Paul II when he came to the U.S. in 1987. He delivered this in a speech in Detroit. He said this, America the beautiful, so you sing in one of your national songs. Yes, America, you are beautiful indeed and blessed in so many ways, but your greatest beauty and your richest blessing is found in the human person, in each man, woman, child, and every immigrant, in every native-born son and daughter, For this reason, America, your deepest identity and truest character as a nation is revealed in the position you take towards the human person, the ultimate test of your greatness in the way that you treat every human being, but especially the weakest and most defenseless ones. The best traditions of your land presume respect for those who cannot defend themselves. If you want equal justice for all and true freedom and lasting peace, then America Defend life. All the great causes that are yours today will have meaning only to the extent that you guarantee the right to life and protect the human person. This was John Paul II, 1987. He's absolutely right, and I feel like his words just ring out with an even greater clarity and an even greater urgency today than they even did back then. A greater poignancy, we might say. Because at the forefront of the founders' minds and their hearts, right, was that inalienable right to life without which no other right matters or makes sense. It's hard to exercise any other right if you're not alive. Among these are the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I want to take this opportunity this morning just to kind of speak into this, especially in light of the readings that we had this morning. A bit providential, didn't it feel like a bit? Right? We're hearing about Sodom and Gomorrah. We're hearing about Jesus seeming to be asleep in the boat as it's swamped by the storm. I feel like many of us have probably felt in the last few years like, all right, Lord, you can wake up anytime. Right? We're taking on water. Um, I don't want this to burn down like Sodom and Gomorrah. So this coming November, there's a proposed amendment to the Ohio State Constitution that we're going to get to vote on. A referendum that will seek to solidify in law some of the most egregious and dangerous policies that directly attack and undermine the dignity of the human person. So abortion activists, they have introduced this proposed amendment that would enshrine abortion up to nine months in the Ohio Constitution as so-called and so-called gender treatment therapies. All of this is wrapped into this proposed amendment. The language The proposed language seeks to amend Article 1 of the Ohio State Constitution by adding Section 22. This is the title, The Right to Reproductive Freedom with Protections for Health and Safety. If that sounds a bit vague to you, you're right. It's intentional. It's intentionally muddy, and it's intentionally unclear. So this abortion amendment, it goes so far beyond codifying into Ohio State law that the now defunct uh, Roe v. Wade decision that was overturned by the Supreme Court last year, right? Remember, that was overturned. The issue came back to the states to vote on, to decide for themselves, and now there's this proposed amendment to codify into law Roe v. Wade in a very intense way. So like I said, the language is dangerously vague, and it's intentionally designed to compromise parental rights in the most extreme ways endangering minors, and endangering the victims of sexual abuse and human trafficking. That's what it will do. That's what it will do. And it's being backed by lobbyists who have millions, millions of dollars in their arsenal pushing this forward. It's going to get a little dark here, but stay with me. We already talked about Sodom and Gomorrah, so you can handle this. One of the groups that's backing this proposed amendment is a group uh, that goes by the name of URGE. It's an acronym. Unite for Reproductive and Gender Equality, U-R-G-E. In 2019, URGE tweeted out this. We should continue to mobilize on the state and local levels. Young people face unique barriers when trying to access abortion. We need policies that get rid of parental involvement laws so that young people can access abortion without unnecessary restriction. Or this tweet from 2022. It's time to end all caps, and parental involvement laws. We're all worthy of self-determination, or this one from 2021. The group asserted this, that young people cannot be free until we're given the freedom to make decisions about our own bodies, lives, and futures. That's one of the groups that is pushing millions of dollars in this effort. Right? A bedrock principle of just not only common sense but law is that young people, by virtue of their minority, are incapable of consenting. They're incapable of making rationally informed decisions about their bodies, their health, or their reproductive futures, right? So if, if codified into law, this abortion amendment would strip parents of their rights. Would, children and minors, they could obtain abortions without parental consent at any time, right? They could also receive so-called gender reassignment therapies. It could just, your 13-year-old daughter could stroll down to the local Planned Parenthood, receive puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones without her parents knowing, and then at 14, she can announce that she's your 14-year-old son, and mom and dad aren't the wiser. That's what this would do. It also threatens the freedom of conscience of Ohio's healthcare professionals and procedures, and it would preclude the enactment of enforcement of, common-sense protective laws. Us, as Ohio taxpayers, we'd be forced to be paying for abortions, paying for contraception, paying for fertility treatments, and even the surgical removal of totally healthy body parts of children. That's what it would do. It would compel doctors to do all these sorts of things, and it would, in the end, be victimizing and endangering women and children more than it would be protecting them. Okay, so there's going to be a lot more information that Father Joe and I are going to be giving in the coming weeks and months, uh, especially as we approach August 8th. August 8th, we have an election where we're going to get to vote on Issue 1. right? Issue 1 is a proposed change to how we make changes to the Ohio Constitution. So, um, pushing it up from this, you know, 50% plus 1 to this 60% or whatever it is, basically Voting yes on issue one will make it harder come November for this abortion amendment to pass. That's the point. So a lot more information coming in the in the coming weeks and months from Father Joe and me. But the point is this: on this July 4th, right, the the invitation is is to get really serious about prayer and fasting and intercession, uh, to get educated and to talk. The Ohio bishops have been incredible, especially B- Bishop Malesic. He's been on the forefront of pushing. Um, us as clergy to speak about this, to mobilize our people to speak about this, because this is quite egregious. This is quite egregious. But back to July 4th, after the signing of the declaration, someone asked Benjamin Franklin, what sort of government, what sort of government have you given us? And he responded, a republic, if you can keep it. That was his response. When we lose sight of what the founders saw as central, what John Paul II reflected on, right? This inalienable right to life, the dignity of the human person made in God's image and likeness, male and female from the beginning, right? We are on a fast path to losing the republic, to losing our sanity. So friends, on this July 4th, let us be recommitted to, like I said, prayer and fasting and serving the cause for life. There's just not a more important or noble pursuit this is our nation's greatest uh, invitation at this crossroads in history. Will we be a nation of life? Will we be a state that upholds life and the dignity of the person? Or will we go the other way? It doesn't have good consequences if we go the other way. Let us pray, let us fast, let us get educated. This is an amazing nation that we have to preserve.